Good morning and welcome to the Lakers Lowdown. I'm Anthony Irwin. Today on the show, Lakers, what a basketball game, and Russell Westbrook, for the first time in over 400 games, went an entire 48 minutes of NBA basketball without turning the ball over. MVP. The Lakers beat Sacramento 122 to 114 in a, you know what, entertaining game for some of the wrong reasons, but also some of the right reasons. Look, the Lakers are kind of a flawed team. Sacramento clearly also very flawed, uh, but the Lakers continue to do what they have to while Anthony Davis is out, basically since <laughs> Frank Vogel got back. Uh, it, they are they are 3-0 and since Frank got back. I believe also undefeated since Austin Reeves got back. Uh, and and you know what? Wins are wins at in this situation. If you have everybody available and you barely beat the Sacramento Kings, fine. I will pick nit uh, pick nits. But I, I I am I find myself while I, I understand if you're sitting there saying like does it really take that much effort to beat the Sacramento Kings under any circumstances? It kind of does in some. Uh, but I do think there are some very notable things to come out of this one, including Russell Westbrook uh, and his approach to this one, to this game. Uh, Dwight Howard playing and looking good. And uh, Malik Monk just continuing to, to be incredible. So let's get to all of that. I'll also really quickly point out that Stanley Johnson did not play last night, uh, and he did not play last night because the Lakers are waiting until today, by the time y'all are listening to this, to sign him to a 10-day contract. Uh, I'm willing to report that that is going to be coming at some point today or maybe even tomorrow, uh, You know, whenever the Lakers can sign him and then he would immediately be available for that game. Uh, it's, it, whether they do that, I, I would, I look, I'm, I'm willing to predict that they are going to sign him actually tomorrow and have him, uh, have him available for that game. Because as soon as you sign that 10 day contract, it immediately kicks in and you have 10 days after that, uh, they are going to want to sign him to two of those and then eventually guarantee his deal for the rest of the season. Uh, but yes, I, as, as we kind of predicted in yesterday's lowdown, he did not play last night. Lakers win regardless, uh, and now you know we 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 look like we start to figure out what they look like with him as more guys get healthy. So a few days ago, Russell Westbrook gets asked after kind of struggling and then making a big shot. Dave McMenamin asked him, "Hey, the game wasn't going in your way, and how did it feel to be able to contribute at the end of it with a big shot, regardless?" Russ took issue with that and said that uh, Dave's reading of the game or analysis of the game not necessarily going in his way, uh, that Russ disagreed with it and said that, you know, missed shots, turnovers, stuff like that, those are things that he is, Russ is, allowed to do. I'm paraphrasing, obviously. And, and you know, to a certain extent, that's the case. It, it basically means that Russ is... Uh, going to incur a creativity tax, right? And, you know, some people, I think, took it out of context. And I do think there are scales to this in which, like, 
yeah, Russ is going to pay a creativity tax. It's just not, nobody should be allowed to turn the ball over nine times, you know, and, and nobody should go two of 17 from the floor. Eventually, you kind of have to modify your game and evolve to the situation that the game calls for. Uh, I He also, you know, previously said that fans are expecting and everybody around him is expecting him to drop 25, 15, and 15, and that that's not something people can uh, normally do. Uh, and because he has done it before, whatever, that people are expecting it of him. And, you know, there again, I guess like there were some people maybe <laughs> if if you were only uh looking at the Russell Westbrook acquisition from the perspective of like a fantasy basketball player then like sure like that would be great for your fantasy team if that's how he approached the game but that is not what the Lakers need and so I wanted to combine both of those statements and look at the way that he played tonight where and a lot of people pointed this out, zero turnovers. I have seen on Twitter, and now Twitter isn't real life, social media isn't real life, but I have seen on Twitter a bigger reaction and a bigger positive reaction to Russell Westbrook not turning the ball over at all tonight or last night than any of the triple doubles he has put together for the Lakers so far this season. That seems to follow with what the Lakers need. So Russ goes, he plays 34 minutes, 19 points, 7 of 19 from the field. That is perfectly fine. 0 of 1 from three-point range. I'm fine with him only shooting the one three-pointer. 5 of 8 from the free throw line, 7 boards, couple assists, a steal, a block, no turnovers, game high plus 17. Game high. Yeah. When Russell Westbrook, in small doses, just does the smaller things and allows everybody around him to flourish, I think that is the version of Russell Westbrook that the Lakers need, not just now. And like there are going to be some nights, by the way, that, yeah, Russ going off is going to keep the Lakers in games uh, that, you know, either LeBron doesn't play in or that LeBron doesn't have it in. And by the way, like LeBron didn't have it for much of this game and Russ still didn't have to go off like that. Just that patient approach where he let the game come to him led to, I think one of the most impactful, positively impactful games that Russ has played so far this season. And, and when AD comes back, Russ is actually, I think the guy who should be the kind of third fiddle. LeBron is the guy who should have the ball as often as possible. AD should be the nail to the hammers that are Russ and LeBron. And then Russ kind of operates in the dunker spot and does the little things. That was, I think, what the Lakers were thinking when they, or what they were envisioning when they acquired him. Except that like Russ doing those little things and allowing himself to be the little things guy is not something Russ has ever wanted to do. It is not something that his teams have ever needed him to do. In this case, though, it is what the Lakers need from him. And I do hope that somewhere out there, he looks at that game tape, he looks at the impact that he had around him, and he recognizes the praise that he's getting for not turning the ball over and not actively hurting the Lakers at times. As much as he heard the negativity 
in thinking that the Lakers need him to get the counting stats. The counting stats are going to come. This is an incredibly talented team. But the approach that Russell Westbrook had tonight is going to make the Lakers the best version of themselves that they can be with Russell Westbrook on the roster. So I think you can get yourself into some trouble if you're only looking at plus minus, and especially raw plus minus from a single game. I I do think that if you are heading too far in that direction, then I think you are kind of missing the tree in, in, in trying to envision the forest or something like that, whatever, whatever the cliche is. Uh, but I think for the sake of this one, I, I find it interesting that, like we just talked about, Russell Westbrook was a game-high plus 17. After him was Taylor Horton Tucker, who played probably his best game in about a month or so. And, you know, LeBron, I think LeBron's numbers are, are always going to be kind of skewed. Uh, because of how much he plays, and this was a close game for most of the game. Uh, so, and also, like LeBron is asked to carry some sometimes iffy lineups. Uh, so his plus minus, especially on a single game basis, doesn't normally tell a particularly interesting story. But I do think so. You got Russ plus seventeen, Tht plus fourteen, and Dwight Howard plus eleven, and uh, Dwight is somebody who hasn't played very much at all, basically, over the last week or so. And uh, the Lakers have really committed to playing with a super small rotation. But I, I, I do think that Dwight getting in there and being noticeable out there, like whenever he was out there on the court, you didn't notice that Dwight was out there. And for basically all good reasons, uh, the, the Kings were a little more reluctant to uh, attack the rim than teams have been when, say, Carmelo Anthony or Trevor Ariza or even Stanley Johnson are sitting back there as your small ball five. Uh, I thought Dwight, obviously he goes 6 of 12 from the field, and basically all of those were uh, dunks. (laughs) I think he only only laid it up and in maybe once or twice over the course of the game. Uh, and and so like this was one of those games that kind of reminds you, oh yeah, that's right. Having big, strong, athletic people helps in basketball. Uh, so I, I I wouldn't be surprised if following this one, the Lakers kind of amend the super small approach to okay, fine, we will kind of drop in some Dwight here and there just to keep teams a little bit more honest than they have been uh, playing against Mello or Stanley Johnson at the five. Also want to give a shout out to Taylor Horton Tucker, 33 minutes plus 14, 19 points on nine of 13 from the field, one of two from three point range, O of one from the free throw line. Uh, but you know, if you're only getting there the one time then whatever, but but uh, I, I thought that Talon, much like Russ, as we talked about earlier, did a very good job of just letting the game come to him. Whereas if you've watched him over the last couple of weeks or so, I think he was trying to like really solidify himself into or, or at least play up to a starting role. He has since gone back to the bench. Malik Monk, uh, again, started tonight, has been really good as a starter. And it also allows... Taylor Horton Tucker to go to a bench role that allows him to attack defenses that aren't going to be as good as starting lineup defenses. So I think uh, him playing like this uh, 
is is great, not just for himself as an NBA player, but it also I think kind of allows him to look at the state the tape, compare this game to some of the last few games, and recognize like the game is going to come to you. Just let it, and then take advantage whenever it does. And I thought he did a very good job of that. And this is something I think also, you know, not only he should take notice of, but the Lakers should take notice of. This is the kind of player he is. He's a second unit player. He's a second unit gunner. And some games he's going to have it. Some games he might not. On those games that he has it, take full advantage and hopefully win. All right, that's going to do it for this episode of the Lakers Lowdown Podcast. We do have the Taco Tuesday guys who are going to be analyzing this game a little bit further. So if you haven't listened to that already, check check that out. Uh, Jacob Rude wrote a really good article, unfortunate timing on his part, uh, but I thought he wrote a really good article about how LeBron at the five has really helped Avery Bradley and that Bradley has made a really strong, if not almost irrefutable case to not be uh, or, or to have his contract guaranteed for the rest of the season again unfortunate timing because he did not look very good last night regardless though check out that article and arrest and and the rest of the uh, recaps from last night and then uh, tonight or today here in a little bit uh, Sabrina Merchant and I are going to be recording I Love Basketball in one of those really cool cases where because the Lakers have a winning streak going on right now we actually do love the sport So those are normally fun shows to record and listen to as well. Until all of that, I'm Anthony Irwin saying have a good one.